Hey guys, welcome back to the Yo Christian Podcast. I'm here with Codus, my man. What is you? going on? Can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Right, I, hear, cool. I hear you pretty I, good. I decided not to put the headphones in, just, you know. Yeah, reasons. that's fine. <laughs> no, I hear you pretty good. So in today's episode, we are starting a new series on the book of Hebrews. Woo! Woo so, but it's also interesting. So we're about to kind of do something different. Instead of going through the entire book, which we will... Yes. We're going to do it in segments. So what we're going to do is usually we post four episodes a week. We, we usually do like a, a book chapter and then a topical. We do that twice a week. So we have two chapters and two topics um, each week. But now what we're going to start doing is we're going to start doing uh, Hebrews, so a book, and we're going to do a topical. But then on the next recording day, we're going to do a different book and a different topical. So it's going to be what we're doing now is we're about – this is uh, this series on Hebrews – but in a couple of days, we're going to have another series on Ecclesiastes. So we're going to do an Old and New Testament kind of thing. Um, and so at least this round. And so it's going to be uh, super interesting, super excited. But I'm not only excited because of that. I'm excited for mm-hmm. a, a, quite a couple of other reasons. But the first one that I want to point out is that during the Ecclesiastes series and after that, once we get through the book of Ecclesiastes, but during the Ecclesiastes, we are having a new member of the Old yeah. Christian podcast. And his name, if, you, if you're a fan of our podcast, you recognize it, is Luke Bauer. So he's yes. going to be joining us every single uh, chapter Monday. for Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Yeah. Usually we, Mondays is when we record those. Yeah, so you probably uh, see him on Spotify Tuesday morning, stuff like that. But yeah. Um, yeah, so we're super stoked because he is somebody that is completely spirit-led. And he is somebody yeah. that, uh, that God is going to use uh, tremendously. And so we, just, we, uh, we wanted to get a little bit of action on that. We wanted Legit. to... <laughs> So I was thinking about this last night, like mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, man, funny. And then my mom brought it up today. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so you, me, and Luke, we go on tour, okay? But hear me out. So Luke, <laughs> he leads us in worship, all right? Uh-huh. Great. You and me, we preach to the choir. Let's go. Love that. We got, we got, a, we got a mobile church service. Love there. that. I love it. <laughs> um, so actually, okay, so then – that kind of leads into the secondary news. And so I've, I've mentioned before in another podcast, we've recently partnered with this church called LPC Ministries. It stands for Living Proof Church Ministries. And so as a result of that, we've been working uh, with them and we've created this, uh, this online Christian community where we disciple. And then we also like we disciple people, like we teach them about the faith, but then we also train them and mobilize mm-hmm. them. And we teach them how to disciple their own people on our platform. And so if you're interested in that, Today is the launch day. So today is the official day where we are sending out links and you can join this Discord. Um, And so if you want to know how to operate the Discord, all the information you need to know is in the Discord. So you just click a link. And if you want to find the link, go to our our socials. It's in the links in the bio. Super cool stuff. So do that. Um, But to continue the point of this, uh, this episode tonight is we are going to talk about the book of Hebrews. So, Codus, let's be honest. How much do we know about the history of, of the book of Hebrews? Honestly, we don't know a whole lot. Like, we don't even know who wrote the book. Right. That's exactly right. So, uh, that's this. I think this is the only book in the Bible that we don't really know who the author is. Now, there's a bunch of different ideas and stuff like that. We like. Uh, I think the most common theory is that Paul wrote it, which is likely. But there's some some things that are. Uh, indicative of it not being paul and just the, the way it's written doesn't really uh give us much indication that it was paul but anyway so some people think it's paul some people think it's luke some people think barnabas apollos silas Philip. i think god wrote it 
right? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> all scriptures God breathed, my friend. That's what I'm saying, um, man. And uh, but this is the viewpoint that I hold. I think it's Priscilla that wrote it. But that's uh, no no necessarily a particular reason other than the fact that um, this is just my my thought is the reason that we don't know the author is because I think a woman wrote it because in that time, if if they knew a woman wrote it, it wouldn't have had credibility. So she Uh went authorless, in my opinion. Now now it's making sense. In my opinion. Um, But here's the only thing that we do know about the author, whoever it is. So throughout this book, we're not going to say it was Priscilla or Paul because we don't know. Um, I, again, I think it's Priscilla, but the only thing we know about the author is that in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 23, they refer to Timothy as a brother. So that could be brother in Christ. That could be physical brother or literal brother. I think it's just brother in Christ. So it's somebody close enough to be like brother Timothy kind of thing. Make sense? Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> let's talk about the, who, uh, the author is writing to in this book. So they're writing to the Hebrew Christians. So this is what theologians think is like the second generation Christians. So like uh, people that like their, their, their parents were, or rather, uh, sorry, not has nothing to do with parents, obviously salvation is not gen- uh, genetics or anything like that. But uh, so this is going to be people that are like, um, okay, so this is like the disciples and then this, uh, the generation after that, because so the people that the disciples discipled, Second generation. Cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, uh, but it's uh, more specifically, it's believed to be people who have been con- uh, possibly considering returning back to Judaism. So th- this is the mm-hmm. theologians believe it's people that were Christians, but they were. Okay. So let me start over there. These people were in Judaism. They converted to Christianity. And then now they're possibly thinking about going back to Judaism. And so these theologians, they think that they're, they're thinking this. These are the people that the author was writing to. Um, because of immaturity, spiritual immaturity. So it's, of course, stemming from a lack of understanding of biblical truths. Yeah. So that's why they would possibly be considering leaving. Now, it was written, uh, best guess is before the destruction um, of the temple in Jerusalem. So around uh, the, the, well, okay, so the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. Um, And so it's somewhere right before then. Um, But we only assume this because there's no mention is made of the temple's destruction but anyways so uh oh yeah that's one of the things i put in my paper about things mm-hmm. that were predicted that happened yep absolutely um and so let's just kind of set the tone for the book of hebrews so i'm just going to read it because it's going to uh from my bible because it tells me the settings um just to kind of anyways it works better than i could it says these jewish christians were probably <laughs> undergoing fierce persecution that would obviously make sense um socially and physically both from jews and from romans so christ had not returned to establish his kingdom obviously and the people needed to be reassured that christianity was true and that jesus was indeed the messiah so what is the point of this book then to present the sufficiency and superiority of jesus christ Yes. That's the point of Hebrews. So this is going to be a really meaty book and one that I'm super stoked for. Yeah, so I think I've read it before because I have a lot of highlights on it, so mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, I've read, it, I've read it before too, but like this is like one of those books where like you read it you know, 30 times over and you're going to get something different every single time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm super yeah, stoked. if you don't learn something again mm-hmm. once you read the Bible, you got to read it again. For, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so I want to start out this because we're – starting Hebrews chapter one now. And I want to start out by explaining the Trinity uh, as best as humanly possible. Um, because that, because Hebrews chapter one talks about uh, 
Jesus and God, and it talks about them as if they are completely separate entities. Yeah. Um, and so I want to kind of distinguish how and why. And then I also want to point out that Hebrews chapter one refers to Genesis chapter one a lot. So let's uh, let's start with this. So what is the Trinity? We've talked about it before, and I think it was in uh, Matthew chapter three episode. It was. Um, and so here's the thing about the Trinity. So I'm going to give you an analogy that is not completely perfect because I don't believe that there's an analogy that best oh, that, no, that fits it perfectly. Like, there's nothing. Like I've, right. I've tried to find someone. I've tried to make yeah. one. It's, so, it's hard. So this is the best analogy to help it make sense. Um, but I'm not going to say it's completely perfect. So, Codus, when or I guess listeners, when we think of a, a human being, right, a being is made up of mind, body, and spirit. Sure. And so um, I have my body, I have my mind, and I have my spirit. Codus, you have your mind, you have your body, and you have your spirit. Well, likewise, God is similar in the fact that he has three parts to his being. And so this being in terms of, uh, of God would be his essence. So we, would, we are human beings. God would have his one essence. And so the three parts that make up his essence is the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. So the Father would be the mind equivalent. The okay. Son would be the body equivalent. And then the Spirit would be the Spirit equivalent. Uh, that, that would make logical sense. That and was, so Yeah. That, that, uh, well, okay, that works. That works. Yeah. And so, like I said, I think this is the best analogy that we can have. Now, here's the thing about it, though. So um, when we look at the, the body of the human being, yeah. the, the body is a part of the human being, right? The mind is a part of the human being. The right. spirit is a part of the human being. So each of those aspects of the human being is the being. Likewise with God, when we look at uh, the Father, he is the essence of God. When we look at the Son, he is the essence of God. When we look at the Spirit, he is the essence of God. So each of those factors in and of themselves, they are the being, they are the essence, they are God. So it is completely biblical to say the Holy Spirit is God. It is biblical to say Jesus is God. It is biblical to say the Father is God. However, it is not biblical to say that, um, relaying this back to the human being, it is not uh, logical to say that the, uh, the body is the same as the mind. It is not logical to say that the body is the same as the spirit. Likewise, going back to um, the essence of God, it is not biblical to say that Jesus is the Holy Spirit. It is not biblical to say that Jesus is the Father. But all of those are God. So Jesus is God, the Father is God, and the Spirit is God. But they are not each other. They each have their own uh, distinct purpose. And like, for example, the Father, he is the creator. He is um, uh, our, uh, well, Jesus is the savior, but God is creator. God is, um, yeah. our redeemer. God is all these fun things. And so Jesus is our savior. He is our Messiah. And his purpose was to come down to be hundred percent man, hundred percent God in the flesh and to save us so that we could spend eternity with the father, another distinction there. And then we have the Holy spirit, which now dwells in us because Jesus in the flesh is no longer walking amongst us. And so, um, just to kind of recap in case it's lost, cause it's very difficult to make this make sense over audio. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I try, I usually, if you, if you ever go to like our TikTok, I've made a video on it a while back about, and I drew it out. It's pretty good. Um, but all in all, your body has three parts, mind, body, spirit. God has three parts, his mind, body, spirit, the father, son, and spirit. Um, so just think of it like that. So that's how, like when, when, uh, when Christians say that we believe like it's three in one, it is absolutely three in one in the sense that 
we only believe in one God. So we are a monotheistic uh, belief, a monotheistic religion, if we're going by definition. Um, of course, we say it's a relationship, not a religion. But by definition of religion, it is a religion. And so uh, we are a monotheistic religion. Um, but we do believe that God presents himself um, in three different ways all at the same time because he is omnipresent. And he mm-hmm. can do that because he is God. Now, yeah, if it were, you know, like the Bible, they did that once. It was in Matthew when Jesus was getting baptized. Yes, Matthew 3. Um, yeah, it's so cool because Jesus mm-hmm. is there, which is Jesus. And God mm-hmm. was, he spoke and said, uh, oh, shoot, it was something about this is my son or something. Yeah, and he says he's proud of him, proud of yeah. his son. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the dove, which is like the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and it says it's the cool. Holy Spirit de- de- uh, descended on mm-hmm. onto him. And so it just, you're right, absolutely. It shows the three aspects, the three parts of God all in one. Mm-hmm. And they are all God, yet they operate uh, individually to form the overall purpose of god (laughs) the essence and so um super cool it's it's definitely mind-boggling but that is the best explanation yeah it's one of those things where people are like oh anyway yeah and that's actually like a major point that like a lot of like uh, for example like muslims they'll look at that and be like that makes no sense and so they just like because they they don't want to make it make sense you know of course naturally for them and uh and so i think it's important for all christians to really know because i think that that's the best way to to understand it um and so here's the thing though god is god all right so we're just gonna go with that but anyways i want to make that distinction at the very beginning because if if i didn't this was gonna be very confusing so in the old testament now we're finally getting hebrews chapter one you know 10 minutes into it (laughs) um but in hebrews chapter one it starts out by saying that the author says i was about to say paul it's not paul hello uh well we don't know that for sure anyways um he says that the old testament that um Throughout the Old Testament, God spoke through the prophets. So we think of Moses, we think of Hosea, we think of Daniel, we think of all the major and minor prophets. We think of all the people that were in charge of the Israelites, of the Hebrews, um, prophets. That is who God spoke through. However, in the New Testament, God the Father spoke through Jesus. So um, then he goes on to say, I say he, it might have been she, might have been Priscilla, but the author goes on to say that. The author. Right. (laughs) But uh, the author says that through Jesus... God created the universe. So I told you that we're going to, this, uh, this chapter relies heavily on Genesis chapter one, the creation story. And so when we read Genesis chapter one, um, I don't have the exact verse, but, um, you know, it, it details a story of God. And then sooner or later, it says that we will make man in the image of us is God speaking. And so, so when we look at that and it says us, we know it, that he's speaking to Jesus and the Holy spirit. Right. So, um, so the, the other aspects of the Trinity. And so, um, I say that because it says that through Jesus, God created the universe. So God, the one that, uh, that spoke and created the things, it was Jesus, believe it or not. But, uh, anyway, so that's just what the author is saying here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second, but it, then he, the, the author here goes on to say that Jesus exemplifies the father and after cleansing our sins, he has now, he now sits at the right hand of the father in heaven. And so to kind of talk a little bit about the, the chronological order of things. So Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, through the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit, yes. lived somewhere around 33 years in this life. He, uh, the last three year of his, years of his life was in ministry. Um, and then he died on the cross, went to the tomb, stayed there for three days, resurrected, stayed on earth. For, I think it was 40 days after that. And then he ascended into heaven um, without technically, quote unquote, dying. Um, well, he comes back. What? Oh, 
spoiler, spoiler alert, he comes back. Right, but as of this moment, he is still up right. in heaven, and he's sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. Yeah. Um, and so this is, again, why I want to distinguish the different aspects of the Trinity, because if we think that, which Jesus is God, and the Father is God, but if we were thinking that it was just simple and just one is one, it would make no sense that Jesus sitting next to himself. It doesn't make any sense. So we have so to distinguish. Think of it like this. Okay. Yeah. I just thought of this. You ever play mm-hmm. The Sims, Jared? I never did, but my, my wife did. <laughs> I'm not surprised. But think <laughs> of like The Sims. Like you, you created the little characters and everything, mm-hmm. and they live their kind of own life, but you also control them at the exact same time. So like you're technically The Sim. But the Sim also lives its own life. It's just somewhat really, really loosely like that. I'm not sure really... I follow. Well, never mind then. Scratch that idea. <laughs> no, no, no. Just like explain the explain right, how, it, so how, how it relates. The Sims. Okay. God is you. Okay. Okay. Take it out of context here. But <laughs> I follow. You, you're, you're God. Okay. You're, you're watching. You, you make the Sim. You obviously the Sim. The person is doing the, everything. It obviously lives its own life, does its own thing, but you also have to. Never mind. I don't know where I was going with this. Ignore it. Scratch it. Were you saying that Jesus is the sim in the game, or that we are the sim? Somewhat. In the game? Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I necessarily like that analogy. Nope, it's not. That's good. okay. I like I, the idea. I, that, I had well, something in my head, and I was like, "Oh, that's a great idea," and then I just forgot it, and then I was I, like, I, "I'll get it." And... I'll tell you what you're trying to mean by that. You're trying to mean that God ordains everything, as we talked about in Romans. And so he controls everything, but he allows us to have the free will within it, yeah. right? Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. Um, but so, yeah, so Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Um, so, but then it goes on to say, again, because this is, I guess now you're about to really understand why I wanted to distinguish between the Trinity here. But it goes on to say that Jesus, in the eyes of the Father, is greater than the angels. And he, uh, the author here, I keep saying he, but... Uh, anyways, um, the author here goes on to distinguish how the Father treats Jesus differently all throughout Scripture. Um, and so, uh, well, let's just say how it is. So God, the Father, never calls an angel his son. Okay? And so if, I guess for whatever reason. Um, Whoa, I've never thought of that. Yeah. Um, so let's think of it like this. So I, I think at the time, because we talked about how like some of these people like in the book of Hebrews are like in this time, they were possibly thinking about leaving the faith. Um, so I wonder if at the time they were thinking that maybe Jesus was just an angel. And so maybe they were thinking that uh, about leaving the faith because maybe they had this uh, false idea of who Jesus was or what Jesus was. And so maybe they thought he was an angel or maybe he, they thought that he was just a prophet. Um, or something like that. And so maybe they didn't think he was the Messiah. That's why they thought about converting back to Judaism. And so I bet you that's why the author started out by saying these things, that God, one, God never calls an angel his son. God orders the angels to worship the son. Um, God sends angels out like servants. And God says to his son, your throne, O God, endures forever. So God, the mm-hmm. father, says to Jesus, the son, your throne, O God. So God the Father calls Jesus God. So Jesus is God. And he says, your throne, O God, referring to Jesus, endures forever. And he says, uh, the Father is speaking to Jesus, um, you will rule with justice, and you love justice, and you hate evil. And he says, this is, again, Father speaking to Jesus, the Son. He says, therefore, O God, again, referring to the Son as God, because he is God. Therefore, O God, your God has anointed you. So, therefore, 
oh God, your God, because again, both the Father and Son are God. You see how this could have been uh, confusing yeah. if I didn't explain the Trinity. Yeah. So, um, therefore, oh God, your God has anointed you. This chapter's um, making a lot more sense now. Yeah. <laughs> I read that, um, I was like, oh boy. Yeah. So, and, it, and he says that uh, the Father has anointed the Son, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than any, anyone else. And mm-hmm. so, this goes to show the favoritism that the Father has for the Son over the angels. And so essentially it's just like, this is just, and he goes on to list some more things, but um, the father prioritizes the son over the quote unquote peasant, if you will, mm-hmm. angels. They aren't peasants by any means, but they are just <laughs> servants in the eyes of God compared to the son. So um, now what he also says, the father also says to Jesus, the son is that in the beginning, you laid the foundation of the earth and made heaven with your hands so again this is referring back to genesis chapter one the creation of everything in the beginning you laid the foundation of the earth so when god spoke the father spoke jesus built and it's kind of cool because jesus was a carpenter in this life right and so if we think about it jesus on earth in the flesh was a carpenter of like wood and stuff but like spiritually he is the the carpenter of everything he is the one that built everything with his hands because it says that uh out and and sorry that jesus made heaven with his hands so like jesus made stuff spiritually as well as what he did on earth so anyways i just think it's cool that on earth jesus was basically the the, well he was the human form of himself and i just anyways i just think it's really cool um and so then the father goes on to say that they will perish but you remain forever so when we're looking at this in context the, the the they there is the earth and the heavens and so now it's interesting because the author of hebrews that was referring to Genesis chapter one is now referring to revelation. And he says that, or they say, whoever it is, the author, um, the author says that they will perish earth and the heavens, or sorry, the author writes it, but God is speaking in this context. And it says that they earth and heavens will perish, but mm-hmm. you will remain forever. So it just goes to show the deity of Jesus. It just goes to show that Jesus is God. And so it's cool because now he's relaying this to revelation because or the earth and heavens will pass away. Now, I don't know if we've talked about this before or not, but there's three different heavens, um, biblically speaking. Um, chronologically, as well as um, by definition. And so let's go by definition first. So by definition, um, in Bible times, what they called heaven was the sky, the stars, and then the heaven which, with, with which uh, God resides. And so um, there's three layers. The first layer would be like our sky, like clouds and stuff. The, 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 the second layer was like stars, moon, sun, stuff like that. And the third layer where God resides. And so um, when we read Revelation, it actually, I think it's in Revelation chapter 6. It says that the sky will roll up like a scroll. And then uh, just, you know, seals begin to break and stuff like that. Um, go look at it. We'll probably talk about it another time um, in Revelation whenever we get to that, which won't be anytime soon because I want to get some, through some stuff first. Um, sure. But it says that they will perish, but you, the son, will remain forever. And the son being Jesus. And so and then this is why it's interesting because I told you that um, in Revelation, I believe it's chapter six, where it talks about the, the sky rolling up um, or in this, uh, the word that they would use was heaven, um, the heavens rolling up. Um, it says that in Hebrews chapter one now, it says that they are like old clothing and you will fold them and discard of them. And so I think it's interesting because now this is also par- paralleling with Revelation again, because like a scroll being folded and rolled up, mm-hmm. the earth and the heavens, according to Hebrews chapter one, will also fold and will be discarded by Jesus. 
And it says, uh, God, the, the Father speaking to the Son, says that you are always the same forever and ever. So a lot of people don't understand this. People think that Jesus, you know, God, um, <laughs> they think that Jesus just formed like at the moment of, uh, of uh, birth from Mary. But no, Jesus was, was there from the beginning, the middle, and the end. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega because Jesus is God, and God is the first and the last. And so when we think of this, it really just highlights That's that. That's mind-boggling, dude. Right? Because that, that this just goes to show that Jesus was there from the beginning. He simply just allowed himself to come out of Mary so that he could save us. from It, it really is a testament, like, this really just goes to show how um, everything was foreordained by God. Because in order, think about this, in order for us to be saved, Jesus had to be born, right? Which means that since Jesus is an eternal being, he's existed from the beginning to the end, which there is you know, no end technically because it's the, the you know, eternal. But um, yeah. that just goes to show that from the very beginning, Jesus, God the Father knew the uh that jesus would be essential for saving humanity so jesus was so crucial to humanity that he was there from the beginning despite humanity not even needing it in the i don't even know if this makes sense because what i'm trying to convey at this point is like is like what movies portray is like time travel um mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like it just goes to show okay so god obviously knew that humanity would need a savior um the father knew that humanity would need a savior and so he allowed himself to be that savior from the beginning of time, you ever despite seen the movie us not Inception. Yes, dude. This that is, is what's going yeah. on right now. Facts. <laughs> like that um, movie is so like I was I'm I'm yeah. lost. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's it uh, makes so much sense, but it makes so much not sense. Right. Um. Yeah. It just just it just goes to show the power of God. Um. So God is sovereign. Everything turns out as God willed it to turn out. Um, my wife and I were actually talking about this last night and it was just like, anyways, I, I asked her at one, at one point, I said, do you want my, cause she was asking questions cause she was doing a Bible study. Yeah. And I said, do you want my apologist answer or do you want my, my, my quick short answer? And, uh, she's like, uh, just shoot me straight. And, uh, anyways, I answered her question and it sounds so contradictory, but she's like, uh, that makes sense. But can I get the apologist answer now? <laughs> and the, I, I called it the apologist answer because they're the same answer. But the apologist answer is, in my mind, is expressed in such a way that it's understandable to anybody. And so, um, but anyways, so it was funny. Um, where was I? All right. So Hebrews, the author of Hebrews, referred to Genesis chapter one, but also referred to the end of the book uh, and, and not the end of Revelation, but the end of the, the Bible there. Um, and so, or the end of time. So it's very interesting how beginning of time and end of time, they mesh it all together with Jesus. So anyways, um, yeah, I just had a, a side thought. So I went to my small group on, uh, on Monday or sorry, Tuesday night. Um, and I have a small group with my pastor and a couple of other guys. And, uh, and That's- so, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Um, but we were talking about Genesis chapter three and the fall of man and, we were talking about the tree of life because it talked about how uh, an angel, I can't remember if it was one or two, but it was a cherub or a cherubim angel or whatever guarded the tree um, after the fall uh, because they had just eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so um, I asked the pastor and everybody there because this was just intriguing to me. I said, now, before I ask this question, I just want to let you and we probably won't ever have an answer. But, <laughs> um, and so I asked, I was like, 
So everything that God makes has a purpose. And I said, so what was the purpose of the tree of life? Oh, I wondered this. Yeah. What was the purpose of the tree of life if they weren't able to partake from it after the fall? Or, uh, and I said, so here's the thing. Like, and I, so I, I, was, I guess I was kind of talking myself through it while I was there. Um, and so I said, well, we know that um, the only tree that God said that they could not eat from was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So we can probably infer. Oh, that the, go ahead. I think I know why. Why? Well, this, cause, I mean, loosely, but God wanted us to have free will, I guess. Um, that's why he put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's not why he put yeah. the tree of life. Oh, what's the tree of life? So the tree of life is, oh, okay, so let's back up a little bit. So in the yeah, Garden of Eden. a lot of steps back because <laughs> I, I don't um, know what that is, I guess. No, you're good. So the, the, the tree of life, um, sorry, back up a little bit more. So in the Garden of Eden, God placed a bunch of trees and stuff, you know, food for them to eat. And so there was two trees. There's one called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and there's another tree called the tree of life. And so, and so uh, he told – God told Adam and Eve to not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil specifically. He said that's the only thing, right? And so God placed the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so that they could have a choice, so that they could have free will, so that they could have true love with God, right? And so ultimately in Genesis chapter 3, Satan comes in. He says, um, surely you won't die if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh-huh. And then he, then he goes on to say, uh, if you eat from that tree, then you will be like God and you will have wisdom. And so that is what enticed Eve to eat that, the, the, the apple. Mm-hmm. And so she wanted to, to be wise like God. And so, um, and that's what Genesis chapter three says. And so um, then they ate from the thing or they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then um, it says that they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. God saw and was like, what did y'all do? They said, this, 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 this. And then as a result of that, he cast them out of the Garden of Eden. And then um, he placed an angel, a cherub angel, or maybe it was two of them. can't quite remember. But uh, mm-hmm. he, he placed the angels at the tree of life because the tree of life would give, uh, if they ate from the tree or the fruit of it, it would give them eternal life. So huh. he wanted to make sure now that they knew of both good and evil that they didn't live forever. And so we were talking about it in group and, and uh, somebody said that they think that um, God placing the tree of life was just a testament of God's grace because he did not want them to live forever knowing sin. He wanted them to have an end because um, if they live forever, then that would, that would truly be misery um, living in sin for, for all of the rest of eternity. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's essentially what hell is, I guess. And so, um, that just, that didn't quite sit entirely right with me. So I asked the pastor and the, he's like, you know, that's, 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 a, that's a really good question. <laughs> and, uh, and so we, we didn't really come up with an answer then, but I was thinking about it on the way home and, uh, which I wouldn't just talk about this in this, this episode, but it's fine. So I was thinking about it on the way home and I made a video and I sent it to my pastor and I said, does this sound theologically good? And, uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Anyways. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Whatever. <laughs> um, but Ultimately, what I came up with is, and uh, I'm going to try to find these verses while I'm talking. So uh, I was thinking about it, and I was like, okay, well, here's the thing. is, So like, now that Adam and Eve have eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they now have, because Satan told them, uh, I think God told them too. I can't quite remember. But anyways, now that they've eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they now know that they will have death. And so now, because I think everybody has a natural fear of death, right? I think it's logical to conclude that. Um, and so I think that they probably now had a fear of death. Um, and so as a result of that fear, they now had a yearning for eternal life. 
And so naturally, knowing that the tree of life contains that, they probably would have, and this isn't biblical, this is just me thinking at this point. It's based off of biblical. It's biblical theory based off biblical principle. Um, and so they probably uh, had a yearning for eternal life, and so they probably went to go to the, the, the tree of life to try to obtain eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a logical thought, again, because now they're scared of death. Yeah. Um, so I'm typing. I, for some reason, I'm bad at multitasking. Um, and so because they now have this yearning for eternal life, that yeah. is why God would place this angel, this cherubim angel, which, by the way, uh, I don't know if we talked about it in a podcast or not, but a cherub or a cherubim, whatever it is, um, it's basically like, like the warrior angel. And, and so um, they're the real strong fighter type angels. And so um, there's a reason that God placed a guardian. It's not a guardian angel, but a warrior type angel in front of the tree of life because it's protecting the tree of life. It's protecting um, things from eating the fruit of that tree. And so, um, man, those verses aren't popping up like they were before. Um, and so again, there's a reason why God placed those angels there. And it's because it was, he was making sure that nothing ate from that, the the fruit of that tree, the tree of life. And so Mm -hmm. I was thinking about it. And so in the old Testament, and at least referring to Adam and Eve, they had this yearning for eternal life. And now I think that is passed on generationally because we all have a hole in our heart, right? Um, and so we all have a, uh, it's a hole in a heart to, that we can fill God with if we can ever find it. And so, so go ahead. Things now. So Derek Carr, you know, Derek Carr, right? Yes. Quarterback for Los Angeles or, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So he's a pastor, big Christian. He preaches at his church quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch him with his sermons cause I love him. And so he was talking, I told you about the story probably, but he was talking to a quarterback once and he makes mm-hmm. it sound like it was Tom Brady. I think it was Tom Brady. He was like, you know, mm-hmm. I was talking to his quarterback, you know, when he's won all these rings, he's won all these Super Bowls, he's had all the money, he's had all the fame, all the girls, he's had all of this stuff, all of this success. He's lived a perfectly mm-hmm. good life, but he still feels empty. And then exactly. Derek Carr later goes on to say that, like, it's because you don't have God. Like, you can mm-hmm. have all this worldly and great things, but you don't have God. Exactly. And I think a lot of our listeners can attest to that, that they felt that yeah. same way. I know I felt that at, at one point that way in my life, too. And then, mm-hmm. of course, I found God. Now I feel whole. So it's really neat. Um, but so my point of the, the tree of life is I think that God placed the tree of life in the garden so that Adam and Eve knew that eternity could be possible. And so mm-hmm. by knowing that eternity or eternal life can be possible, that placed a yearning in their heart for obtaining eternal life with the father. And so I think that that was past generational uh, mm-hmm. through their, their kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, this is where it gets really cool. There's generational curses sort of similar to that. I think yeah. that they just had that, that yearning for eternal life and preferably a good eternal life with the father, with which they are no longer able to have. Yeah. And so they well, want that back. Cain didn't, but you know. Well, yeah. So, um, <laughs> But uh, so now here's my this is where it gets really cool is because all of that to say this, mm-hmm. the tree of life was their way of knowing about eternal life and obtaining eternal life. Whereas now the way that we obtain eternal life with the father is through Jesus Christ. And so symbolically, I think G- uh, God, the father, placed the tree of life in the Old Testament so that it would lead towards the New Testament. With Jesus Christ. So Jesus yes. is the tree of life of the New <clears throat> Testament. 
And so I think that's why I was placing Now, here, here's my biblical proof of that is, is uh, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. It says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Well, how do you become righteous these days? You believe in Jesus Christ, right? So the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who is wise wins souls. And then mm. in, in Proverbs chapter 13, 12, um, it says, hope deferred makes the heart desire uh, fulfilled is a tree of life. Again, that goes back to the, the heart, how we have a craving for God, uh, a hole in our heart for, that's only God can fill. Uh, and then it also says um, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 18, she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy yeah. are all those who hold her fast. Um, and then last but not least, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4, a soothing tongue is a tree of life, but per- per- bleh, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. So um, there's a few verses that talk about the tree of life, but I, I specifically like Proverbs 1130, that the fruit of righteous is, uh, it is, is uh, the fruit of righteous is the tree of life. So, and how do we have fruit? Well, the actions show that we belong to the truth and we can judge a tree by its fruit. Therefore, yes. if you want to be righteous. Um, you have Jesus living within you. You have the Holy Spirit living within you. So Jesus is the modern day tree of life. And so the tree of life is just symbolic of Jesus who is to come. Anyways, a very long side rant there. Yeah, right. (laughs) Very long side rant there. Um, And so that kind of ties in with what the father says to Jesus in Hebrews chapter one. He says, you are the same forever and ever. And then this is where I think this is also interesting. I talked about it in the last podcast, Um, but um, God actually never told, this is kind of more distinguishing between Jesus and angels. Um, God never told the angels that they would be at his right hand, but he did tell Jesus that he would be at his right hand. But this is what I said in the last, right? This is what I said in the last You're podcast. Though. Um, angels are only servants. This is the very last verse of Hebrews chapter one. Angels are only servants, uh, spirits that are sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. So we've already talked about how God is sovereign. We talked about how yes. God is so brilliant in the way that he planned for Jesus, or rather he allowed himself as Jesus yes. uh, before we even had a need for Jesus, right? But this also goes to show the sovereignty and the preordination of God, that it says the angels are, are only servants. They are spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation, So what does that mean? That means that God knows who is going to be saved and he sends his angels as servants to protect them even before they are saved. It says that they are sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. Think about that for a second. That's awesome. So God's provision for you was there before you're saved if it is in God's will for you to be saved. So if you're listening to this, yes, predestination is entirely biblical while also free will also being entirely biblical. So God knows the results of our decisions that we will make. And so he has a plan that encompasses all the decisions that we, he knows we'll make. I'm not going to go through the story again. I told it, I don't know how many times on this podcast, but (laughs) yeah. So very interesting to me though. He sends angels who will, or sorry, to to care for people who will inherit salvation. Very interesting. So, but that's how uh, Hebrews chapter one ends. Clap, 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 clap. Right, you can tell already by just this is the intro chapter, so yeah, you know that this is it's about be to get intense. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, anyways, what are your thoughts, Codus? Um, a lot. It was a lot. Um, I speechless. Yeah, you know, if I'd have only gone through my notes, I would have taken ten minutes, but I went on so many like little side trails. <laughs> yeah, it was good, man. It was, it, yeah. <laughs> well, um. 
if you've heard this and now you're recognizing that uh, you, you're recognizing that God has sent angels to care for you because God knows that you will come to salvation <laughs> or maybe you're recognizing God's sovereignty and all of this and you're realizing how much bigger he is than you thought he was. And you want to come to Christ. You want to start believing. You want to be saved. You want to have salvation. You want to have eternal security and eternal life with the Father in paradise in heaven. CODIS actually has a prayer for you. Yes, I do. So repeat after me. It's super simple. Uh, if you're driving or riding your bike, keep your eyes open. But yeah. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Please forgive me and come into my life. <clears throat> I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Now, please help me to live for the rest of this life for you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, if, uh, if you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on uh, Instagram. We respond to our DMs there. DMs are open. Uh, ever have any questions, just reach out. Um, or if you just said that prayer, we also want you to reach out so we can tell you next steps. Or you can always click the yeah. links in our bios to go to our Discord, and you can talk to us there. And we can also show you how to go and make disciples, as Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 28. So, um, But with all of that being said, guys, we appreciate you listening, taking your time, and for showing us the love and encouragement that y'all do. Yes, we do. And uh, with all of that being said, everybody, Godspeed.